Before we start, I want to make it perfectly clear that I am not, not endorsing the extinction of the koalas. As an Australian, I know full well how important koalas are for the environment, especially because koalas are needed to keep the ever-growing population of drop bears down and away from the urban environment. Everyone here knows, where there are koalas, there are no drop bears, so take note if you ever want to visit Australia. Before you go out, Check if there are any koalas in the area. If there isn't, don't go there or you will be jumped on by a drop bear and it will be the last thing you ever see. So in conclusion, koalas are great and we need them, okay? Okay, in saying that though, how the fuck are they still around? So hello and welcome friends to Perpetual Facts the Podcast. If you do enjoy this, tell your friends, your family, your pets, honestly, your dog would love this podcast. Once you have told all you can about this, don't forget to follow me on social media as well, at Perpetual Peter, and the links to those will be in the show notes. Woo! Okay, so, back to koalas. How the fuck are they still around? They have so many things going against them that it is basically on the verge of being a miracle at this point that they haven't gone extinct yet. I'm not even just talking about the massive fires that swept through Australia at the beginning of 2020, destroying thousands of hectares of koala habitat and killing many of them too. That sucked, yet they are still persisting on. Let's work together to keep them around for many more years to come. In saying that, I am about to talk about the other things about them that make me question how the hecticals have they managed to stay alive as a species for this long. The first koalas appeared 2.5 million years ago, but the modern ones that we have today appeared around 350,000 years ago. That is before modern humans. We've only been around for about 200,000 years. That blows my mind that they have lived for thousands of years more than us in their current form. Let us begin with their diet. There is a term in botany called allelopathy. Allelopathy comes from two Greek words. Allelo, meaning mutual, and pathy, which can mean feelings, which is why it is used at the end of words like sympathy and empathy, or suffering, which again is why it is used at the end of words like sympathy and empathy. Those with feelings suffer. In this particular case, though, in terms of allelopathy, it very, very much means suffering. Mutual suffering. Yes, plants can be metal like that. Allelopathic plants want to be alone and will therefore kill other plants around them by releasing toxins into the soil so that the other plants can't grow anywhere near them. These plants need their alone time and get it by murdering. So if your introverted friend says they are feeling allelopathic, run. Run far and run fast. Anyways, an example of an allelopathic plant is the eucalyptus. They have strong toxins in their leaves, so when they fall to the ground, it kills all the nearby stuff. That is why the only thing under them is dirt. Dirty, dirty plants. Also, tangent fact... There has been thousands of people, mainly children, being poisoned by eucalyptus essential oils. It doesn't just poison other plants, it poisons us if we ingest it too. Eucalyptus is fine on the skin in tiny amounts, if you are an adult. Also, keyword, tiny. However, it still does enter the body through your skin, so if you are a child, it can be dangerous, even in small amounts. This is why I'm so against things like essential oils, because sometimes not only do they do nothing to help, but they can actually end up hurting you more than when you started, or giving you an ailment that you wouldn't have had otherwise. Please be careful out there, friends, and always apply skepticism. But I digress. 
Basically, Eucalyptus is a badass who wants its alone time and isn't afraid to fuck your shit up if it has to to get it. So, what do our koalas do? Koalas decide to pop eucalyptus leaves like your little cousin pops pop rocks, just non-stop shoving them in their mouth. Well, not actually non-stop, only for about two to four hours a day, because the rest of the time they are sleeping or looking for someone to sleep with. Sometimes both simultaneously, because that's efficiency. Now, there is a myth they sleep because they are high or drunk or whatever from the toxins in the leaves, but that is not true. They sleep because they are fucking eating a toxic salad for breakfast, lunch and dinner. There is basically no nutritional value in those leaves. So to get the absolute minimum amount of calories they need to survive, they have to eat between 500 to 800 grams of them. Have you ever eaten half a kilo of just leaves before? No dressings, no fruit or veg or anything to actually give it flavor. None of that. Just the leaves. I know I haven't. I don't hate myself that much. Lettuce only tastes good when it's drenched in Caesar dressing. But koalas do that daily. Except reminder, these leaves are toxic. So they have to expend energy removing the toxins too. This is what I mean by how aren't they extinct yet. Any other animal would just be like, so you're telling me I need to eat enough leaves to make up a rabbit's body weight without any kind of sauce and the leaves try to literally kill me so in order to digest it properly I have to sit vulnerably in a tree for 18 hours a day. In Australia, the place where if you stop moving, something will kill you. Yeah, no thanks, I choose life. But the koala was like, that sounds great, sign me up. Did you want my kidney too? How are you still here? Another side effect of eating so much hard to digest poison leaves is that it will grind down your teeth. The leaves are super high in fiber, meaning they need to really grind their teeth together to crush it up completely before swallowing. This sadly means eventually they can grind their teeth down to the point where they aren't able to chew the leaves. Now at this point, you think surely the koala will just switch to eating something soft like a banana or something. They have big claws, they can get into fruits. Nope, it just doesn't eat till it starves itself to death. Hey, I had a good run. This is fine. Dentures are expensive. I'd rather die than pay for those stupid things. This segues nicely to my next point. They are what you called smooth brain. Human brains have a lot of curves and twists that make it look like a bundle of yarn your grandma made that super itchy sweater from. That is good. That is what you want in a brain. Nice brain. Healthy brain. Strong brain. The more grooves a brain has like that, the more surface area it has. The more surface area means more neurons, and more neurons means more complicated thought. That is why we are able to know that when it rains, you should move into shelter so you can stay warm and not get fucking sick. Koalas don't think like that though. There are some really cute pictures of koalas just sitting out there in the rain, looking like they are contemplating their existence, but we know full well they aren't because they literally don't have the brain capacity to. Which makes you wonder, what do they dream about? What ambitions do they have? Mom? Dad? If only you went to the dentist to fix your teeth, you'd see how successful I've become. I have only fallen out of this tree twice today. Now, if you have ever visited a zoo with koalas, you might have noticed they don't have food bowls or troughs or anything like that, while some other animals do. It is usually just a couple of eucalyptus trees with containers attached to them the keepers can put fresh branches and leaves into when they need to feed the koalas. 
You might think this is because it's nice to have the enclosure replicate real life as close as possible. If they eat from branches, why not just give them branches? Well, that is partly right. Good zoos do want to give the animals under their care as an authentic experience to the wild as possible, but it's also because koalas won't eat the leaves if they aren't on a branch. You can't hand feed a koala, not because it's bad for them, but because they won't know what you're trying to do. Even if it's those poison leaves they love so much. You wave it in front of them and they will think you're just trying to say hello. But if you put a branch out with juicy leaves over a cliff edge, they would jump for it. Trust me. Full disclosure, don't trust me. I am making this up as a point to show how silly smooth brain animals are. I have not tested the cliff jumping scenario. On koalas at least. Moving on, koalas are marsupials. This means they are a type of mammal that has a pouch. Humans are placental mammals because we have placentas. Placentas are great because it means the baby can grow and be fully developed before it enters into the big scary world. But marsupial babies don't get that. They come out usually half formed and the size of a jelly bean. In the koala's case, they look like a weak old wrinkly red grape. They only have tiny claws and strong forearms. Those motherfuckers lift. They use their forearms to climb up from the birth canal into the pouch, where it will stay until it is big enough to eat leaves all by itself. To be fair though, that is pretty badass. Imagine just being born, you're the size of a jelly bean, and you have to climb up a vertical furry wall only using your arms. Our babies suck compared to that. Our babies can't even sit up by themselves, let alone lift their body weight. But here's where I again need to ask myself, how aren't you extinct? You see, if you live in the trees, like the koala does, would it not make sense to have the home of your baby face up to your head so it wouldn't fall out? Not to the koala, their pouch is facing downwards. To the fucking ground. Luckily for the baby, the mama koala has a really strong muscle around the pouch to squeeze in and keep it locked up tight, like when you're about to go on a date and you're trying to hold in a fight. Except instead of gas, it's a flipping baby! The baby is in the pouch praying that its mom decided to do some sit-ups before giving birth to it. The first meal the mother gives its baby is milk. As all mammals do, milk is great food for growing, nice and strong. The second meal is what is known as pap. Pap is what scientists colorfully call a special type of poop produced by mama koalas. The koala needs a very specific gut biome in order to break down those pesky eucalyptus leaves without getting poisoned, and to actually get any kind of nutrients from them. So what better way to get it than straight from the source? Poop comes from the gut, so it should be full of all kind of great gut stuff. Milk and poop as a first meal. Yum yum! Welcome to the world little koala, it doesn't get much better from here. Trust me. Final point that makes me go, how aren't you all digit? They have chlamydia. Not just one strain either, they have two different types of chlamydia. Two! Some surveys suggest that half the population of all wild koalas have it as well. Half! But there are pockets of koala where all 100% of them have it. At that point, I don't think you should call it the clap anymore. That is definitely more like an applause. 
It isn't often fatal to them, but it can for sure kill. It is mostly indirectly responsible for their death, as it can ruin eyesight, cause kidney problems, and leave some of them infertile. Just like with humans, we can give them the antibiotic to get rid of the disease. However, that does not prevent the koala from going out, having a crazy night, and contracting it again. Unfortunately, the antibiotic also messes up the koala's delicate gut biome that they spent their formative years eating poop to get. So, you know, not the best solution. They kind of need that biome to, you know, be able to digest those poisonous leaves. So if it is messed up, it could lead them to starving to death. There is trials of a vaccine right now, which hopefully goes well, but nothing is set as of yet. Also, for those who are wondering, yes. Yes, you can catch chlamydia from a koala. One of those strains that they have is also transferable to humans. Luckily, it is the less common one, but still. Try and explaining that to your partner. Hey, um, yeah, we need to talk. Um, so a koala peed on me. No, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm fine now. It stunk a little bit, but I'm good. But you, uh, you, you might need to go to the doctor's. Why? Uh, because I, uh, I got, I got chlamydia. No, no, it wasn't from a person, I swear. No, don't walk away, please. Bonus fact, this isn't a how are they still alive, just a cool one. Male koalas' voices are crazy. They have an extra pair of vocal folds in their larynx. Instead of putting their evolution points into folds for their brain, they chose to put their folds into their throats. But that does mean their voices are loud and deep. It would even make corpse husband jealous. In fact, it is so loud and deep that on a non-windy day, with no other noise pollution around, it can travel 800 meters. How I would describe it is if a tiger just heard a really funny joke and was laughing while at the same time was trying to cough up a hairball. Trust me, that description is spot on, and I know you want to hear it, but unfortunately, I don't have the money to license those kind of sounds, but it is definitely worth the Google if you haven't heard it already. If you do want to help support me so I won't be as broke and can afford to make this better and put funny sounds in like that in the future, then I do have a Patreon. I don't know what rewards or tiers I should have on it yet, but I am open to suggestions. Also, again, please share this with all your friends. Teach them the ways of the koala. Don't forget to follow on your favorite podcatcher and on my social medias. If you enjoyed this, each follow might save a koala, and now you know they need all the help they can get. Till next time, friends. Bye.